Evening. Evening. Love it. Right, I want to do something before we start. My boys will love this. I want to do a Mexican wave. <laughs> right? But from the front to the back. Ready? Let, let me just record it. Three, two, one. Go! Love it. Love it. Thank you. That's good. That's good. Wow, it's great to be together. Okay. I'll pray and we'll get started, shall we? Yeah, Father, we just want to say tonight, Lord, whatever kind of day we've had, whatever kind of morning, afternoon we've had, Lord, we just want to say we want to come here, Lord, and we want to fix our eyes on you tonight. Um, we just want to be able to experience your presence here this evening, that as a family we'll be able to just love one another. Um, and I pray that what, you know, whatever's shared tonight as a family, that we'll be able to our hearts will be captured by it, and it will be captured by your uh, gospel, Father God. I just pray that you lift our eyes tonight off of ourselves and onto you. We pray that you'd be the centerpiece this evening. So would you just be glorified as we look to do family life together. Would you be in this room in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Rich, over to you, mate. Um, I'm going to take this off. So we can get a bit crazy. Not that crazy. Careful, Dave Smith. Okay. Um, I just want to talk um, a little bit about where we're up to with GCs um, and things like that. Just fill you in with some details um, of GCs, old, new, and past, and all of that. Um, but I just want to start by saying, really, GCs, gospel communities, what are they about? Um, essentially, it's, it, it's the way we do two things. We hit community with GCs um, because we do life together, we, um, we meet together, we pray together, we worship together, we eat together um, and we also do mission together. Um, gospel communities, the, the, the thrust of gospel communities really is, is, is mission and um, so each of them gather around a people, place or location, um, people, place or passion, there we are, that was close, um, but um, Essentially, they are they, they, they are missional communities, really. Um, and when we started uh, gospel communities, some of you will probably know this story, um, but really, God spoke to us from one Samuel uh, with Jonathan and his armor bearer. Um, and, and if you read that story in one Samuel fourteen, um, basically, John, Jonathan has this idea to go up to um, the enemy camp, which on the face of it might look a little bit crazy. Um, and really, God spoke to us about gospel communities being like that. Um, about God inspiring faith for something, faith for a community, um, faith for a mission field, and then and then having the faith to then step out and act on that. Um, and so really, I just want to reiterate really that gospel communities are grassroots initiatives. Um, they don't come from the leadership. They don't come from, hey, it would be great to do this, or it would be great to do that. Actually, it comes from um, individuals being stirred by God with a passion to see a community, to see um, a, a subgroup um, reached really with the gospel. Um, so I just want to encourage you to be uh, on the front foot. Be prayerful if God might be stirring you to start a GC and what that might look like. Um, and do come and approach us as elders. We'd love to help you um, in terms of formulating that vision um, and just working that through. Um, but first of all, what I want to do is invite up my very good friends, Mac and Jules, and Nessa, and Vanessa. 
who run our... These are the leaders from the prisons gospel community. You can tell, uh, beyond bars, sorry. Do you know? Do you know? It's really bad. That's my GC as well. <laughs> anyway, not to worry. I'm going to hand over to these guys. They're going to give us a quick update um, of how Beyond Bars is going. Um. Oh, yeah. It's a nice little picture there. Um. I thought I'd just start by talking about the vision of Beyond Bars. Um, it used be, obviously, it was called Prisons, but we called it Beyond Bars because it's a bit more... Prisons GC doesn't really have a ring to it. Um, but yeah, Beyond Bars. So basically, um, our mission, in a sense, is to help those who are affected by the criminal justice system. So that's people in prison and also those families outside who might be have um, relatives who might be affected by the criminal justice system. Um, how that looks in terms of the missional aspect of our GC. Um, at first, we were trying to do loads of things together, but we realized that lots of us had different timetables, and we can't all be in the same place at the same time. So what we do is we just have a couple of different sort of projects, initiatives that we point GC members towards, and then they get involved in them. So some things we do are um, we have people involved in Sycamore Tree, which is a restorative justice program that happens in Pentonville. Um, we have prayer with Prison Fellowship, yeah. Um, we're also trying to get into letter writing, um, also into alphas, and we're also looking into doing um, the childcare, which is in Holloway Prison. So basically, when people come and their visitors come to see relatives or friends or family, they need people to look after the kids while they do the visit. Um, so that's the missional aspect of our GC, um, and I think a really important part of it as well is a pastoral element in terms of we realise that we're not reaching people who are not like us we're all we've all been enslaved to sin so we're just reaching people very similar to us but actually just with a bit of a different um, sins manifested in a different way in a sense and i think that's really the heart of our gc it's not a them and us thing it's that we're, we've all been enslaved and we've all been set free so that's the kind of heart of our gc um and i think yeah we'll talk a bit about basically we decided to do a weekend away um yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> Yeah, somebody suggested we had a weekend away. <laughs> and um, we were very lucky to get to go to Richard's parents' house. That's his mummy in the middle. And, um, Tasha Fierce and Tasha. Oh, and Tasha Fierce, the dog. She's actually called Tara. Jules renamed her. We had an amazing weekend. Um, we all just hung out together. We went round Hastings and we played games. Oh, and Ted and Joe did the most amazing quiz, ending with a dance-off. They are available for hire if you need them. The pictures are available on our Facebook group, which you don't have access to. Um, and it, it was really an amazing time for us. I think um, the weekend away in terms of our, our group, we're, we're really trying to create a loving community and a loving group of people that's just really seeking God's heart for the criminal justice system. And just to encourage you, if you are in a GC, we'd so encourage you to get together and even if it's for a day or a weekend, just spend time together, getting to know one another and just really forming that family relationship. Because I think obviously while we're here today is because we're a family. So um, having that time together as a group, just really focusing your 
passion and um, just seeking God's heart for it in prayer is so important. So I'd definitely say this has probably brought our community together a lot more. Um, and yeah, just if you want to get involved, just come talk to us three or um, yeah, we'd love to have you. So thank you guys. I like the shameless plug at the end there, but um, just a sneaky one. <laughs> no, it is, it, is a, it is a great um, GC, and I love it. Um, great. Now, when we when we started um, Gospel Communities, there was a particular prophetic word um, that actually Steph had. Uh, kind of, we were away praying with some of the Central London um, leaders, and somebody prophesied um, that as we were starting these Gospel Communities, um, that they would be like plates that were spinning. Um, and there's lots of plates all spinning at the same time. Um, and then what would happen is over time, one or two of these plates would fall and would smash. Um, and kind of the, I guess the prophetic word in the midst of it was not to panic in those situations, not to get, you know, uptight or start trying to do things better or work harder or whatever, but actually just to let God do his thing. Um, and actually through that, through those plates smashing, there'll be two or three new ones that came up um, through the, if you like, the smashed china all over the floor or whatever. Um, and that's really important for us to understand is that actually with these gospel communities, it's not really a success or failure thing. Actually, it's a what's God doing now thing. Um, and what's God's burdened our heart with now? Um, and so that's why um, the next, the next, I guess, announcement for GCs is, is, is mixed with sadness but also excitement. Um, so over the last couple of months or so, some of you who have been involved will know that the the Maiden Lane Gospel Community and uh, the Health and Mental Health um, GCs have both stopped for the time being. Um, it, it basically just ran its course, um, and we felt that there was there wasn't necessarily faith for it to carry forward. Um, and so, so kind of, if you were thinking of joining those gospel communities, um, you may want to look elsewhere um, with a view to maybe in the future joining one of those, or it may be that God is raising you up to be one of those leaders um, to spearhead something, to pioneer something into one of those two areas. So I just want to let that um, sit with you, um, but in true prophetic style, uh, if you like, that as, the, as those plates to some extent have smashed, um, they're by no means the end of those. There's still prophetic words that a lot of the guys in the church are carrying with both of those um, communities. So, you know, that's by no means the end of it. But actually in the midst of it, um, we do have a new GC that's bubbling away. Um, where's Rima? There she is, right at the back. Rima, do you want to run on down? <laughs> Do you want to just... Okay. I'm, you just talk. I'm just going to briefly... I'm going to put this on here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Okay, so I don't know if anyone remembers the first time we ever actually met about doing gospel communities. Okay. Um, <laughs> but basically, on my heart, I had... Um, the passion to do one for vulnerable women and at the time there wasn't really there was a few people who were interested but nothing really kind of happened with it and so it's kind of been dormant since then um, but since like I don't know for the last few months we've kind of that's kind of come about again and we me and Charlie have been 
kind of looking at the possibility of starting a new one, which isn't going to be called Vulnerable Women, but we were looking at kind of um, doing something which is called, well, originally was um, End Violence Against Women, so that was going to be looking at um, serving women who um, face gender, gender-based violence, physical or whatever, um, and so that would kind of be um, standing against domestic violence, um, strip clubs, prostitution, the porn industry, and honour-based violence. And since then, we've kind of met up and discussed like how we could take it forward. Um, and so there's a kind of open invite for anyone who is interested, men or women, to come along and see what God was saying about it. And from that, we have actually come up with a new name <laughs> based on a new place which will be um, it's going to be based on Evershort Street um, I don't know if anyone here knows that area at all but it's like quite a seedy street it's got one strip club which is quite prominent and it often has images of half-dressed women um, like in the window kind of saying this is what we're about whatever there's also at least two sort of sauna massage places there's like pawn shops there's like it's just often filled with people who are um drug addict drug drug addicts or alcoholics so basically it's just quite a needy area um and especially in terms of this vision we kind of wanted to we sort, we sort of thought that like God was putting that on our hearts because we could see a practical way forward with it in the sense that um, we can engage the local community there to challenge what, what is happening on the street. So um, trying to basically we're going to try and <laughs> stop the strip club strip, the strip club getting its license renewed and things like that and challenging like the, what the saunas and things that are there um, at a policy level, whether that's like campaigning like with the government and our local MPs and trying to get people involved from the communities and the, like the estates surrounding because there's a lot of children who live around there who, you know, they shouldn't have to put, kind of put up with what what's happening on that street and it's not, you know, it's not an, a godly place so basically we want to <laughs> take Jesus in there and change it. Um, so basically there's, there's sort of three levels that we're looking at um, engaging that on and that's campaigning like locally with the community um, praying about it as a, as a community, gospel community and also um, like volunteering to get involved and make things happen and change things so basically um, uh, yeah that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> so if anyone's interested, please talk to me or Charlie about it, and we'll see what we can do. There you have it, a big vision. Um, and, you know, like, I'm just, I'm really excited about this. I've spoken a lot with Rima kind of since she first announced um, the vision. And, you know, it's, it, it, 
it's I think it's I think it's timely. I think it's God's time, um, you know, that He really wants to begin impacting um, kind of that that subculture, if you like, in a huge way with the gospel. Um, and and I've no doubt they are going to need warriors um, in 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 undertaking that. So I just want to encourage you all: um, seek out Rima, seek out Charlie. Um, I would just say I would I would, and I don't want to stereotype, but if you were a guy, they would really they really need guys. Um, it's a scene that is, you know, we talk about vulnerable women, um, but actually kind of like it, it, a lot of it is under oppression um, from very aggressive dominant men. Um, and so they, they, they would like strong warrior men. Um, so if, so I just want to say that. And um, if you do want to get involved, then do go and speak to them, um, hear the vision, uh, pray about it, seek God on it. Um, and yeah. Get involved. Okay, Simon. All right, notice the subliminal messaging for later. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to talk for a few moments um, about the elders, the four of elders, Hader, Rich, Steph, and myself, and our roles. Um, there's been a few changes and transitions in Elderlands that uh, will be useful for you to know. <laughs> Uh, so that uh, you understand a little bit of what we do and who to approach for different matters. Um, but before we go into the specifics for the four of us, uh, just to say that, um, you know, before all of you, we are first and foremost part of this church and we are members of the church before we are elders. And uh, we love this church and we love you guys. Um, and we, we're really excited about what God is doing with us. Um, but as elders or overseers or pastors or shepherds, those words are used interchangeably in the Bible. Um, our role is threefold. There's always three of something, isn't there, in church? Uh, direction for the church, uh, discipline when it's needed, and doctrine as well. Uh, so the four of us are responsible for that. We're accountable um, to each other. We're accountable to the church. We're responsible before God for you guys. Uh, we meet every single week on a Tuesday. We pray. We pray for the church. We pray for what's ahead. We quite regularly acknowledge our need for God to direct us and guide us and give us wisdom. Uh, so whilst it may look like we have it completely together here, uh, we are always thoroughly dependent on God, I can reassure you. Um, so that said, that's, that's kind of a, our general role as overseers and pastors and being accountable to you, accountable to God. But we wanted to give a few specifics um, for the four of us and uh, Steph's going to just run through that. Cheers, mate. I'm really glad to hear that it looks like we've got it all together. I never realised that. That's great news. Um, uh, a few m- months ago, I think in January, we had a day out together as elders. Hazel was very new to the team then, and so we just thought it would be really good to have a day where each of us gets a chance to say where we think God has graced us, where, where we think God's gifted us, and where we think he hasn't. And then the other elders get a chance to say what we think about what that person's just said. So do we think God has graced you there, or do we think God hasn't? Just to get a really sober grasp, so that as, a, as the church goes and as the team grows, what, what we need to do more and more is specialise, so that we're not all just kind of um, got our fingers in lots of pies, just doing what we can, but increasingly serving in accordance to the ways that God has gifted us. So we just wanted to just sort of have a bit of blue sky, blank sheet, okay, what do we, you know, in an ideal world, where would we like to serve? And then having, having done that, 
now trying to implement that into the life of the church um, for, I guess, for our sanity and, and, for, and for our fruitfulness and, f- and for your joy, hopefully. So, um, so here's the deal. Here's where we've come to at, at the moment. I guess these things always move around a lot, but start with Rich. Um, Rich would identify himself primarily as having the gift of helps in terms of his primary spiritual gift, which basically means he can put his hand to anything, um, pretty much, and do a good job at it. He's an incredible generalist. Um, he's, in one sense, at the op- opposite end of the spectrum to me in that regard. So I'm a specialist. I can do about two things well and not much else. Rich can do anything to a decent standard. Um, and, and so Rich actually has a pretty stereotypical church planter profile. I really don't. Um, because a church planter needs to be a generalist. So in the early days of the church planter, it became apparent that I was struggling in certain areas that had anything to do with process. <laughs> anything to do with process, I was going under, fundamentally. And um, <laughs> I shared with the leadership team then saying, I'm in trouble, guys. And, and, and they, they all really helped. But Rich particularly got involved and really helped with things like um, tra- becoming a, a charitable company, the whole legal side of things, uh, and really getting to grips with the finances, um, building a finance team and it's been just he's just done an amazing and incredible job and I really wanted to honour him tonight because he's we would not be where we are today if Richard had not come in and brought that spiritual gift and lifted it off of me so thank you and bless you um, genuinely amazing really really amazing but it's kind of got to the point where when we had our conversation and we were talking about some of these areas that Rich is serving in and has been serving in, where he's basically saying, look, I feel like I'm playing out of position in some degree now. Um, because as what it is, as things develop, it's, it's no longer enough to give a little bit of attention to a lot of things. More and more people have to just give a lot of attention to a few things. And these things weren't really floating his boat. Uh, and we wanted to really honour and, and, and respect that. And, um, and so it's been bubbling. It, came, it, it was kind of a climactic moment. It's been bubbling away for a while. So we've been working behind the scenes to try and get people in place. But we really made a decision that day. Rich, we want to see you flourish. We want to see you happy, serving and, and fruitful. So, um, so there's going to be some changes. Firstly, Rich is stepping down in terms of uh, leading the finance team. And Zaina is stepping up and becoming church treasurer. Zaina, where are you? Why don't you stand, please, so people can see who you are. This is Zaina. So due to Rich, Rich and his team's hard work over the years, there's a great infrastructure in place. Zaina's now going to really take on, um, she's going to become one of the trustees. Um, please stand up if you're a trustee. These, these are the people that are legally responsible for the church. Please stand up, trustees. And Natalie also. Okay, so myself, Rich, Beth, Zaina and Natalie, we're trustees for Revelation Church London, the charitable company. So Zaina's just come into that team and is also the, the treasurer, which means she will be heading up and probably shuffling around and, and, and building a new and snazzier finance team. Um, so that, we wanted you to know about that and that is really, really great news. Um, Rich will have an ongoing role pastoring the finance team. He knows the ropes, he knows the pressures. He can look after and be a shepherd in that setting, which is fantastic, and that does float his boat. Um, He's also going to be focusing with Dan Hayter on developing a foundations course. We want to develop a course we can launch in the summer for new believers, for people that have recently come to Christ or just feel like, man, there's a lot of gaps in my foundational understanding. We want to put together a 10-week or so course to really help people grasp God's big story and where they fit in it. So um, Dan and Rich are working on that. And Rich is also working alongside Luke, gathering some people that are particularly excited and passionate about prophecy and stepping out in, in the prophetic and the supernatural. So 
Rich is happy and excited about those things, right, Rich? Yes. Um, he, he should, there should be a new lightness in his step. Um, so he's still involved, he's still engaged in these things, but he's not carrying them in the same way. Um, so that's Rich. Uh, also, Rich also has been working two days for the church, obviously doing a lot of these things and involved in a lot of these things. And now he's stepping back from that, and so Rich will not be working two days from the church. Moving on to Simon who will now be working two days for the church. <laughs> Yay! So, so it's great to see God's hand on Simon. Um, uh, th- th- there's a kind of a title we've given Simon's new role, but it, it sounds a bit fancy. But when I explain it, you realize that it's actually not very glamorous at all. Executive pastor. Oh! It basically means that he gets to execute or implement all the crazy ideas that a certain member of the eldership team comes up with. And uh, is, this guy can put meat on bones. Um, I can dream up bones. Uh, he can put meat on them, as you've seen with the Kentish Fleet Festival and all of that we're going to look at. He's great at getting things in place, joining the dots. Um, understanding the process as well as not just bringing organisation but leadership into that and pastoral brilliant leadership so we're really excited to release uh, Simon to be able to do those um, two days, he also has a bit of an office point man he line manages uh, Sally at the moment who uh, spends uh, numbers of days in a week in the office, if we get FPers, FP impactors um, volunteers with us for the year in September which is a possibility, Simon will line manage them so he does that he's also putting loads of work into to, uh, Redemption at Rev, which is a fantastic new um, eight-week sort of pastoral course that, um, that, that, that's been put together. And Sai, along with a brilliant team, have, have, have been bringing that thing together. But Sai's been given a lot of time to that during the day and spearheading that. And Simon also from September is planning on starting a, uh, uh, becoming a student in a biblical counselling course just to really add to um, the uh, grace on him, really, to help pastor people. We all we all pastor, we're the pastors. So we just recognise a particular grace on Sai to really help people pastorally. And um, so that's Simon. Okay. Then we've got uh, the newest member um, of the team, Heja, uh, who's doing great. It's been great. It's been such a brilliant privilege having Heja on the team. It's working wonderfully and it's just been a really good shake-up um, and, and we're just really enjoying where, where, things are, where, the, where the chips are falling. So uh, Heja is, along with Lena, uh, focusing particularly on couples, married couples, pre-marriage, making sure married couples are being supported, looked after, people are being prepared well for marriage, which is wonderful. They've got a real, it's a real grace on them for that. They're highly motivated for that. Heja will also be focusing on, on kind of men's stuff, men's days, gathering the men, um, um, leading, developing the men, and also will be a point man for Tanika, who's doing amazing work with her team, with the women's stuff, the women's days, the women training, so he'll be a point man, eldership covering for her in that. So those are the areas that Heja um, is focusing on. Uh, myself, I will continue to focus on the preaching and teaching, um, training up of leaders. Um, I look to get time with the deacons um, as much as I can, but almost try and get to time with them every six weeks to just touch base and make sure things are going okay. Um, really keep seeking God for direction, sort of regions beyond, you know, what, what, what's next kind of uh, deal. Uh, also, I'm going to engage more with the finances. Um, there's the infrastructure in place now and the processes in place now, which means that I now feel much more happily, happy to get involved and just bring my leadership gift to the finances. I don't have to do any of the stuff with it that I'm useless at. You'll be pleased to know. It will, that stuff will be carried really, really well. But I, I, I feel before God that I actually need to engage 
more and, and step up in terms of leadership. So you'll be seeing more of me communicating about finances and just getting more involved in, in, in that area. So, so, that's, so that's that. And um, also, obviously, I do a day a week for relational mission, which is going really, really well. But I won't go into detail of that now. So those are our roles. Is that cool and clear? Yeah, is there anything you want to ask on that? It's, we want to make sure no one's confused on anything. Make sure we're helping, helping bringing things clearly to you guys. In which case, I'll hand over to Heja. Thank you. Okay. Question. When I say rhythm, what comes to your mind? So, one at a time. Djembe. Who else? Blues. Foxy. Good, good. Well, I'm going to talk to you about rhythm as life. The rhythm of life, basically. And we've realized that what, it started back in January when this, this Elder's Day away, and I think it was Rich originally who, who raised it, it was just like, let's talk about the rhythm of life. So we had a great discussion just talking about, you know, what's a good rhythm for life? Uh, to make sure you keep going, make sure you're sustainable, you're serving with your heart, you're serving with your body, etc., etc. Um, and obviously the pace of London is very fast. Living in London is so quick. You know, the trains are so quick. Everything just... You just get sucked up into the, the speed of it, basically. And we realized as a church that that's crept in a little bit. Um, and, you know, obviously starting off, it had to be to kind of get things off the ground as a church. But we realized we, we can't sustain ourselves or keep going at that pace. So what we're going to introduce to you, I guess, is um, a different pace of life, which is um, it involves the Sabbath. And we can see it all over the Bible. God created... Um, the universe, and he had a day of rest. Yeah, and you, you look at God told the Israelites, give the land a rest every seven years as a Sabbath. And we just want to start implementing that as a church. We're not going to give, I don't want to give too much detail in terms of because you'd just be overwhelmed. But I just wanted to give it a bit of profile that as a church that we're looking to have a good rhythm um, to recognize what are busy seasons and what season we can just, um, yeah, where we're not so busy and we don't have to do so many heavy things. So, one of the things that might impact is Sundays in August. Uh, we might do various things, such as um, we're going to mix it up. So we do a couple of people might do church in the home on a Sunday. Uh, you might do uh, actually go and visit other churches in the area. Influential churches, you can't, you know, a group if you just get together or as a church as much of you as you can to get together and go. Um, we're looking at picnics. You know, the weather's going to be great and faithful. Um, and the weather, stuff like that, basically. So that's not heavy in terms of setting up everything coming in on a Sunday. And so, so it's a slightly easier. So that when it comes to September, we hit the ground running. We go and we give it everything we've got, basically. So we're just, we're just trying to work out the, the, the pace. Um, it's also worth mentioning that over the months of June, July, and August, uh, Richard, Steph, and Simon will be taking a month off each. Now in June, Rich is going to take a month off, and we've just recognised that Rich actually, since becoming an elder, he's just, both him and Sai actually have been incredible, just doing so much, and outside of just the, the days they get employed, they do so much outside of that as well, so we just thought it's honouring for them, although it is their job to kind of elder, elder the church and pastor the church, but we just want to serve Rich by just saying, you know what, take a month off, away from church. Go do whatever you like. Go travel. Go and read. Go and sleep. Whatever it is, so that he's just rested and recuperated as he comes back 
um, he's, you know, he's, he's refreshed and his body's refreshed. Same with um, Simon, who'll be taking the whole month of August off, where he'll just be away from the church. He'll um, take time off, and then Steph will be taking July of a study leave to prepare for the church, urban church planting school. We're going to start next year in September, and it's just space for him to kind of get. Um, enough time to study and to give himself to prayer and all of that. So very exciting, and, and, and you'll see as time goes on, we'll reveal more in terms of the rhythm, um, how it affects GC and that kind of stuff like that. So we just want to give it to you a bit of profile um, for you guys to be aware of that. Yeah? yeah. Cool. <laughs> Money. <laughs> <laughs> Two elders go whoop. Uh. <laughs> all right, Money. We're going to talk about money, and um, many of you will know that probably for the last couple of years, honestly, it's been tough. Uh, we found ourselves in a situation where we've sort of, to some degree, without make, framing it too negatively, but we have, I guess if you were to step back and look at it, you'll say we've sort of lurched from a cri- one crisis to another. Um, and so we're, we are aware of that. We want to address that tonight and speak into that with some real concrete uh, details and thoughts and then open up myself and Rich open up for, for questions. Um, we, we just, I sent an email to the church about a month or so ago when we hit a really tough patch. And I guess in my heart of hearts I just thought, I think this, we just need to include you in the reality of what's going on. Um, that yes, as elders there's a responsibility that we carry, but actually as a church there's a responsibility that we carry. The letter was never, the email was never intended in any way to make those of you that are giving us at full stretch to give any more. We would never ever want to do that. That's crossing a line, that's bad leadership. It was to get you to pray, it was to provoke those of you in the church that are not engaged with us and carrying this with us financially to do so and really to say look guys we need to carry this together we need to be before God together it was wonderful in the sense that I think it was the next day after we got everyone praying that that uh, uh, very elusive gift aid was returned of 11 grand which was fantastic so um, that, but we wanted to include you and we want to continue to include you in this situation and make sure that you are engaged with us in it um, so the message tonight is not give more. Okay, if if you're part of the church, but but you're you know you you, you don't give financially, then we would call you to give because it's part of just being a mature member of the church. But that's not the general message we're bringing tonight at all. Um, I was meditating on well, just I know, it sounds a bit sounds a bit too um, spiritual, really. I thought about Abraham a few days ago. He occurred to me, and the situation where he has to go down to Egypt because there's a famine. So God's, God's called him to the promised land, nomadically, and yet because of a famine he has to go down to Egypt, which is not part, it wasn't part of where God had called him to. So we've got a man of God, in the will of God, but who is affected by the famine around him and as a result has to go to Egypt. And I took encouragement from that because I thought, well, I don't think fundamentally we're doing anything wrong. There are some changes we'll look at in a minute. But fundamentally I don't think we're in sin I don't think there's any mismanagement, fundamentally. There's stuff that we're learning, but I don't think it's some kind of discipline from God. I think it's just that we are living in a very expensive part of the world. Um, Our church demographic means that many of us are in a season of life where we're not earning significant uh, amounts of money and we're in the middle of a recession. So, we're God's people in God's will, but we're being affected 
by the circumstances around us. Okay, that's okay. That's the way it goes. There are seasons like that. So I, I don't think we should be panicking or losing any sleep, but just taking it seriously. So what are the things that we've, um, that we've tried to do? Some things to mention. I mean, the, the whole thing, uh, one of the brilliant byproducts uh, of um, doing something a bit different in August, not that we arranged it for that reason at all, is, is a bit of a byproduct. You think, okay, we don't have to pay for the venue over August. July and August are normally our toughest months financially. But we also knew that we had to do something more drastic than that. And the, the, the only thing that we could really think, looking at in the budget, that if we changed it, it would make a significant difference and, and we could change it and still power on, was the venue. So we started looking around at venues and, um, and then we thought, well, why don't we go to Chalk Farm for a few months? It's warm between May and September. <laughs> it's freezing the rest of the year. But we thought, we currently pay £560 a week at Haverstock School. And we thought, why don't we go to Chalk Farm? Maybe they'll have us, maybe they'll give it us really cheap. And so we spoke with Jules and the guys, they were so gracious, they said, please come, come next week. They're so kind. And they'd give it to us for £150 a week. Incredible. Which means we'd save about six grand. 6,600, I think. Um, which we just thought, brilliant, fantastic, let's do that. So we informed the school of our decision just out of politeness and courtesy, really, at which point they came back to us and said, we want you, please don't go, let's talk. So we said, okay. Uh, and I, so Jason, Jason runs, uh, he, he's our point man for the building, and he's a Christian in a New Frontiers church in Kingston, so he gets us, he understands us. So uh, he said, why didn't you, why didn't you, why didn't you, why have you just said you'd leave him? Why don't you, why don't you talk to us about it? We said, mate, we need to take such a drop that we would be embarrassed to really even presume it. And after a conversation, he offered to let us have a stock, but firstly for those months between May uh, and September, for, for £250 a week, from 560 to 250 And then from September, for £300. It's almost half the price. Uh, so it was like, oh, yeah, thank you, Lord. It really was amazing. Um, I mean, Haverstock's a better venue. It definitely serves us better. We would have had to make some changes that we... We were up for it. We had the appetite for Chalk Farm. We would do anything. But we, there were some questions that we thought, how's that going to work? So Haverstock, we know how it works, you know, and, and it works. Um, but it means that... That's going to save us about 11 grand off our budget, which is, which is fantastic, and we, and we thank God for. So we've been able to make a real uh, brilliant change there. Um, we've also done a bit of work um, on the budget. So I'll just um, I'll show you a slide in just a moment. We've got a slide ready in just a moment. And um, what I want to show you, the first uh, slide in, in just a second, is, is last year's budget compared to this year's budget. Now I want to just talk to you about our, our philosophy of budget making um, up till this point. When we, when we first planted the church, we had no idea about anything. Um, I don't think... I don't think first-time church planters ever do. It's just the way it goes. Um, and, and so the advice we were given was just plan for 15% growth in budget every year, between 10 and 20%, and that's normal. So that's what we've done. The first time we did it, we planned for 15%. We grew 40% in our finance. 
Okay? It's just one of those amazing moments. So then we thought, great, 15 is pretty conservative. So we've just kept it at 15% projection. Whereas the reality is, is that that's increasingly not been the case over the last few years. And we've had to really just come to the point where we say, this isn't working. <laughs> it was the perceived wisdom, but it's just not working anymore. And so what we want to first show you on this first slide is last year's budget and this year's budget. If we could just do that. Um, so last year's budget was 219,870. Uh, the budget for this financial year. Year, we've, we've cut down to 185,855. So we've gone down 15.5% on last year's budget. So it's, a, so it's a decrease on that, which I guess makes it similar to, similar to the financial year before that. Now, just to give you uh, one more set of figures, I'm trying to keep it really simple tonight, but just so you grasp that we're taking action, uh, macro. Um, the next slide I want to show you will we'll demonstrate our actual income last year compared to the budget we've put in for this financial year. So if we show that, oh, that is it, sorry, yes, yeah, it's, it's happened, that's amazing. Um, I wonder why the numbers have changed. Um, so last year's income was £193,920. That's actually the money that came in and that includes about 23k gift aid. Okay. Um, this year's budget is £185,855. So that's a decrease of 4.2%, which basically means the budget is within our means. Yeah? That makes sense. I've tried to keep it so simple because I'm simple and I figure, you know, let's just keep this really, really easy. So if we bring in the same amount of money this year that we did last year, then we're fine. Now, there may still be a couple of bumps in the road, and here's why. The gift aid, which is roughly at, sitting at about 11k every six months, comes in in those lumps, comes in once every six months. So it affects the cash flow. It's not a steady, it's not a steady thing of just under two grand every month that comes in. It equates to that over a year, but it comes in two lump sums, which means you get moments like we got. The other, the other month. So there may still be some bumps in the road. If there are, it's due to this. It's not due to bad budgeting. Okay? Something to realise that. If we hit a little thing, that's what it is. But actually, at the moment, things are, things are looking good. And um, um, I think, fundamentally, we can be pretty confident. We've, we've done some serious work on the budget, as you can see. I think previously, years gone by, we've thought, well, we're doing okay. We've tinkered with the budget. This year, we've not tinkered with the budget. We've pulled it apart from every angle and really looked at it and really taken everything we can out that seems to be superfluous while holding to our values of wanting to fire on in God's purposes. Um, uh, somebody um, uh, wanted me to mention just a couple, uh, just maybe give a bit of an update on Davina. Someone said, it'd be great if you could just talk about Davina and work. So I'm really happy to do that, just to put you guys in the loop on that. I, you know, it hadn't occurred to me to do it, but I guess... I guess I take a, bit of, a fair bit of money off the budget, so if that would help some people, really, really happy to do that. So um, Davina's been looking at whether she should go back to teaching. She's a secondary school teacher by trade. She's been looking at that last few months. So she's applied for lots of volu volunteer posts to get back in. It's been 10 years, so there's a lot of things she's out of the loop on. No one wants her. <laughs> I don't know what they're missing, but uh, fundamentally, if someone writes to you, you know, and you're working in the school, you could read that and think, I don't know who this person is. They could be more work 
and good. And so there's a nervousness there. So that's not, that door hasn't really opened up. And so what we decided we would look at is maybe look at teaching assistant work. So we're looking at that at the moment. We've spoken to the school the kids are in, our two youngest, because that would be amazing. She could still take them and still bring them home whilst working there. So it's, there's a potential of something opening up there, but we don't know. It's just a very uh, simple discussion phase. The head teacher said, often if people give notice in, it will be this term for the first September start. So that's a possibility for us. Um, but fundamentally, just to say as well, um, uh, what she does in terms of my, helping me do what I do, um, helping with the redemption stuff, she's given hours to that. Um, meeting with people past and the rest of it, you know, I would say sort of tongue in cheek, you get two for the price of three. You know, if you get the sort of irony of that statement, you know, it's not two for the price of one, but you, you get, you get you, she, she serves, and she serves well. And, um, and I, I couldn't do what I'd do with the energy that I'd do it um, if, she didn't do, if, she, if she didn't have the energy to be able to manage the home and look after the kids. So, I mean, you know, for some of you, that, this last bit may have been superfluous. For others, you, it might have really helped, so I'm just trying to respond and be as transparent as possible. So we are talking about it, praying about it, but just trying to do it in a way that's sustainable and in a way that, you know, that won't harm other things. So, Rich, do you want to get up here and we'll answer any questions on money that there are? Uh, yeah, I thought You know how that works? Okay. There's a way of, uh, there's a way of uh, making it so that increasingly um, uh, the, the gift aid giving can be more consistent. Yes? No? Yes. Right. I see, I see, I see. So you can give before your tax comes off so you don't have to do it that particular way. Speak, Sulsha, can you stand up and just give a wave? If you want to talk to Sulsha about um, that kind of different way of giving which obviously affects the dynamics uh, to some degree and will make us less dependent on the lump sums, then please do that. It's called payroll giving. Um, go and speak to your HR departments because they'll be able to help you set it up. Um, and they... they Sarah, Sarah, stand up as well. Sarah Gardner, woo! Brilliant. Um, so go and find those guys. Great. Anything else? Ollie. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we run at a surplus. Will that surplus go into a buffer? I mean, absolutely. The idea is that we want to be running at the kind of level that the Charity Commission advises us to be running at, which is three months expenditure, which is approximately 45 grand. We also obviously want to begin to add to our 75,000 pounds given to us by New Frontiers for housing and really work hard on a, on a, on a um, housing, what's the word? Housing fund. <laughs> work hard on the housing fund. So we want to just use wisdom to both 
increase the buffer so we don't hit those crisis moments, but also look to do what we can to put us into a position where we can buy an asset. Yeah. Um, going back to that payroll thing, could you um, send like maybe an email out explaining three simple steps at home? Sulsha and Sarah, can we leave that with you? Some one of you to just send out an email to set up payroll giving. Great, thank you. It's worth actually working out um, how much uh, your income is first to work out whether the, um, the, the rebate is better value for the church than payroll giving. So if, if, you pay, <laughs> if you pay 40% tax, then you earn lots of money. Payroll giving is definitely worth it, but there are some salaries on which it's probably not worth it. And, uh, so there's a simple spreadsheet just to check it out first. This is great stuff. This information needs to be pooled. Richard. I'm going to have a conversation with Sarah Gardner. <laughs> she doesn't know this yet. Um, but, but we're going to have a conversation and sort something out and get it out to you guys. Great. Any other questions that are not about payroll giving? Dave Smith. Well, we didn't reach our budget anyway, so even though our budget has dropped 15%, we didn't reach our budget. So I guess you'd look at that and say, that's what's coming, and that's so we're dropping. Can we go to the other slide, please? Is that okay? That's what, so that's, that's what came in last year, and that's our budget. Uh, f that's our budget for this year. So in terms of um, the cuts, it won't be as extreme as that. We've looked at a load of... That's the big one. And we've looked at a load of other things and said, do we really need to do that? And tweaked, almost gone through everything item by item and cut down stuff where we can. So, for example, the events we run now, we try to make every event we run self-financing, which I know is a bit of a pain for some people because you think, oh, I've got to pay for everything we do. Well, for the time being, we have to do that just because it means it's not an extra thing in the budget. So that's one philosophical change that will obviously help us. Who is employed? I'm employed for four days a week. Um, Simon is employed for two days a week. Sally is employed for two days a week. Sally was employed... Well, Sally's employed with CAP for two days a week um, and employed to serve us administratively two days a week. Sally was employed with us three days a week, has dropped a day. Thule has picked up that day until September because she was doing a load of... She was working for Simon for a day a week but was doing mostly stuff for Revelation. So Simon was paying her to Revelation. So now Sally's picked up that day and we'll review that one in September. And we've taken on Andy one day a week. Um, we've been doing some great stuff in terms of um, songwriting courses, getting around the creative people, encouraging that. It's been really great stuff. We'll maybe share on that at the next family meeting. Um, and Andy's just doing a day a week uh, till, the end of, um, till the end of this calendar year. That's where we're at at the moment. Chris. What's the process for working out what we pay people? It's been a bit random up to this point, I suppose. I suppose we haven't gone down an official pay scale route. From the perspective... No, well, well, no. What I mean by that is... Okay. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean. Some churches will say, we go on a schools... We go on a school teacher kind of system. So they, so they will adopt a pay scale from a particular uh, vocation secularly okay we haven't one we haven't done that but yeah right we've looked at what we've looked at is cost of living and just tried to say okay season of life 
cost of living, where do you live, let's just try and give you a living wage. We've tried to approach it that way. So it's something that we always look at and always review and just try and be reasonable and generous in it. Foxy. How much of the budget is on salaries? Okay, so um, it's about a third. I've got I've I've got all the figures with me. So, if if you have if if people have in depth detailed questions, I've got all the figures and stuff to work through. Um, so, Luke Ellis. I can't hear this one. The reason why there's, we haven't, for example, just matched the budget with the income of this year or even gone up a little bit is because we've got a lot of ground to retake. So we've got, we want to be serious about saying that we're going to have a year of just retaking some ground. We, we don't think it's particularly glorifying of God or gives much credibility to our leadership to constantly develop a rhythm of lurching from one crisis to another. So we're going to deal with this. Then once we've dealt with this, we can begin to say, okay, we've got a, we've got a clean sheet now. We're in a good place. What's the way forward? Yeah, we've, yeah. we've been weak on communicating, not just with you, but within the team. We've just, we've, you know, it's just learning. Um, and so what, what we are putting in, what we're definitely going to be putting in place is a very regular kind of um, uh, concrete statistical information coming through very, very regularly so that we're all in the loop and in the loop with one another and then you as a church are in the loop as a result. So yes, that will be happening. And you're absolutely right. It must have felt like that and I'm sorry. Ollie. Yeah, yeah, we've been to other churches. Richard had some time with Ross Bull of Christ Church who told a sort of similar story really. Um, we... <laughs> Bounced it, not in the sense that that's where they are now, but that's that's where they have been. Do you want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I, I've been round to several um, several churches and spoken with several treasurers. Um, uh, we've spoken with we've spoken with RM. Um, we've taken it to an apostolic team as well. Um, so you know, it, it's not like we're not consulting people. You know, and actually, the interesting thing is. I, I guess because of our demographic, what this means is, as a church, probably not many of us have ever faced something like this, um, which means it does kind of put the rattlers on you a little bit. Um, but kind of speaking to guys that are sort of 20 years down the road, a lot of them would say there are tough seasons. Um, so even chatting with Ross at Christchurch, he would say that you know three or four years ago, they were in a really hard place. Um, financially, and they were really cool. You know, they were really calling people to give, and a part of it is doing church where we do um, in central London. Um, it's it is expensive, um, and what that means is you've got overheads that are going out that that are astronomical compared to other places. So I went up to um, Bedford, met with a guy up there, um, treasurer of. Um, church up there and he you know he when I told him how much it costs to rent our venue he he couldn't believe it um, but just because that's that's the nature of where we live um, and trying to trying to you know it's that's that's part of the reason why I've tried to get a broad spectrum um, of people that I've been talking to um, to gain kind of a very varied input of wisdom on that it's a burning, we'll go for one or two more, but we're aware of time. James? Absolutely. For the size of church that we are and the demographic that we are, it's incredible, the budget that we run at. It really is. You guys are amazing.
Absolutely. Um, there's no two ways about it. Um, yeah. So you know, maybe we haven't had much chance to say well done just because we've been, you know, rabbits in the headlights a bit half the time. But well done. Thank you. And, you know, um, and thanks for bearing with us as well because obviously this is an area where we've probably been a, a bit less consistent um, compared to other areas. So thanks for bearing with us and praying, praying with us and standing with us. Really appreciate it. Was there one you want to say, Tanika? Yeah, so try to do some special offerings, but planned so people know when they're coming. Yeah, regularly, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I hear that. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Hope, oh, sorry, Rich, you want to say something? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I didn't plant her. <laughs> My mate fancies you. <laughs> To be honest, who wouldn't? Um, <laughs> yeah, in in keeping in keeping in keeping with the whole rhythm of life thing. Um, yeah, uh, it, in keeping with the whole rhythm of life thing, it's that kind of thing that we really want to mature at as a church um, in terms of building a healthy pace of life um, that doesn't just kind of give way to this railroad that is London life um, so that we're actually being wise um, and living um, full of faith and well. Great. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Food bank update. Where are the heroes? Are there, yes. That's Food Bank, and that's what it's all about, and that's what this whole church, you guys are all part of. Um, so I just want to say thanks. We've been open now sort of for a year and a, and a couple of weeks, maybe. Um, and I just, yeah, it's, I just love it. I just think it's, it's great. You know, you can see people walking in. You don't know who's going to turn up, and... Um, yeah, we just get to chat to them and provide food, and um, yeah, it's been great. We've fed about up to about 400 people, and it said there we fed 19 miles uh, this weekend, and generally now we're feeding about 20 people a week, um, which is awesome. Um, you also saw there that actually we are running out of food. So for the last couple of weeks, we've not really had any pasta sauce, any tinned meat, any sugar, any pasta, any vegetable mains, any tinned meat, any fruit juice, any puddings, any chocolate, um, which leaves... What does that leave? Rice pudding, perhaps, I think, pretty much. And beans. Yeah, beans. We've got lots of beans and red cabbage. Um, we're trying to get rid of it. We hide it in people's bags and they pick it out and leave it for us. <laughs> Um, so, um, yeah, so we, we really do um, value your giving and your praying and your time. Um, and we also want to ask for more of it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's been great. And I think we constantly sort of chuckle and are quite bemused and confused by 
God and his decision to sort of put us in charge of running this food bank. Um, I can see Mary sort of giggling now. Um, but he he has, and hey, we've fed 400 people and given away a couple of tons of food, and we're seeing guys come to church on a Sunday, and I'd really encourage you to, to get to know them, because they're, they're just great, and uh, yeah, they've got great stories, and they're really interesting people. Um, and... Um, yeah, so so going forward, we've also, before I forget, we've got a, because we're running out of food, we've, last minute, Emma Rule's done a fantastic job and got us a food collection at Waitrose this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Um, at the moment, we have zero volunteers. Um, so if you have a spare hour, um, we're going to be on the Finchley Road um, Waitrose on Saturday, um, between 10 and 5 on Saturday 11 till 2 on Sunday literally if you have one hour um, that would be amazing it would require standing in the shop and waving at people and giving them a, a shopping list if they're interested and collecting the food on the way out um, and I'm I'll be at the back if you are interested come and find me um, yeah so going forward we, we don't want to ever be comfortable and we haven't definitely been comfortable um, over the last year but I think you know, we're, we're asked to sort of um, the sort of scripture up there. You know, this is what this is what Jesus is all about, um, and he didn't he didn't settle until well, he never settled and he doesn't settle. Um, and I think it's not we can't sit and be comfortable when actually there are lots of people um, who aren't comfortable. They're really not comfortable, um, and so we want to push forward. Um, so I just ask for your continued prayer and time. Um, as I think sometimes, just generally as, as people, um, we've sort of gone through a crisis and sometimes, and it feels, I think personally for me, the last few months felt a little bit like a, a sort of a food bank crisis. How is it going to work? What am I doing? What are we doing? Um, and I think sometimes when it feels as though it's maybe a little bit more established, we can sometimes forget about it and think, oh, they're all sorted out. Um, actually we're not and we don't really ever want to be because we want to be pushing forward we want to be breaking down barriers we want to be reaching out into the community um, but that does require everyone to to partner with us and I just thank you in advance for that because I know that you've been doing that already um, but we'll just ask you to continue with that so food bank's going really well but we want it to go even better um, so just ask for your continued support Fantastic. Okay, time is moving on. So over now to Luke and Sarah Ellis and friends. I don't know. Or <laughs> Thank you. Um, we're standing here to talk to you about um, Sundays. Um, a lot of stuff has been bubbling under the surface, so I'm not going to give you loads of details and stuff, but we just want to give you a heads up. Um... One thing, when we first took on this role, um, we just pray, merely were praying, and um, we really feel um, that for Revelation Church, you want it to be more like a, fam um, a family feel. So everything that we, me and Luke are trying to model in the way that we're taking things forward is based on a family and a home. 
we're all brothers and sisters in Christ um, and we're all together in this as Revelation Church and um, one of the things that we're um, looking at at the moment is how we um, we call it the hosting team so in the sense of how you um, host someone when someone comes into your home how you welcome them how you uh, make someone make someone a cup of tea you talk to them you love them you care for them you chat to them um, you have a laugh with them and, and that's kind of how we're basing um, in the moment, our kind of vision on how we do and welcome people into the church. That's new people and that's also you guys. Um, so one of the things we're looking at is um, kind of moving forward in the sense of combining things and I won't, I'm not going to go into that detail because there's a lot going on but um, just want to give you a heads up in that in, in changes and, and going forward. Um, and one of those changes is um, Seb and Charlie. How, um, I don't know if Seb's here. Woo, Seb's there. <laughs> um, they're going to take on the uh, role of kind of the integration, what we call integration now, but we're going to start calling it follow-up. Um, so that's from when a new person walks into the building to how we welcome them, how they kind of walk into them, how we love them, how we chat to them. Um, and Seb and Charlie will be kind of um, looking at how we do that and how we do the follow-up. So after Sunday finishes, how that then happens in kind of um, getting alongside them in the week, um, phoning them and um, kind of the process of how it happens in GCs and then if they want to become a member of the church, um, which is such an important thing because we want Revelation Church to grow um, and we want to, it to be a welcoming environment for them to come into. So yeah, we're just looking at those kind of things at the moment and we're really excited about Seven Charlie being part of that. Um, yeah, over to you. And we just wanted to say as well that with these changes, it, it's not going to be too drastic. Don't worry, we're not going to start suspending seats from the ceilings and all that kind of stuff. It should be, we're trying to make it smooth transition so that come September, um, that when people come, that's the influx, the rhythm of the church and all that kind of stuff, that come September we should have things in place. Um, we would say that just bear with us because um, there might be a few things. Um, you can email us on Sundays at revelationchurch.org.uk if you have any feedback um, or constructive criticism, we will read it all. We can't promise to implement it all. Um, and as well, we, if you're serving already and fancy a change, that's cool. Um, email us. If you're not serving but you'd love to get stuck in, it'd be great. Or go and help in food bank because that's amazing as well. Um, but the church just needs you to get stuck in. It's a great way to be part of Rev. Um, so... Yeah, that's pretty much all we've got to say. Bear with us, and hopefully by September it will be very exciting. All right, um, in just over two weeks' time, we have our Kentish Fleet Festival coming up, so I want to... Yeah! Uh, I'd like to invite uh, Pippa. Can you come down? Come on down, Pippa. <laughs> We're just going to go through uh, some of the details so you know what to expect. Uh, I'll hand over to Pip first. Um, so I have been wearing the promotion PR hat for Fleet Festival for the last couple of weeks. And um, so far, we have actually had a really great response from um, local press and blogs. Um, I posted on Facebook last week that we we're on um, Love Camden and um, we're hopefully going to get a piece in the Camden Journal and possibly on the Kentish Towner as well. 
Um, so I really encourage you, if you're seeing it like through social media, like Twitter or Facebook, please share it, tweet about it, like share it with your friends because um, it's really exciting. Um, we also had uh, a lot of interest from NW5 magazine, which is local to Kentish Town. Um, they really, really pushed for a piece, um, and it was a bit of a goose chase right at the end, trying to like get the piece finished and get all the images. And then right at the last minute, they pulled out. Um, it wasn't really about the piece. Like the whole publication for me was just pulled. I think um, they couldn't get the advertising, so they couldn't they couldn't take send it to press. Um, but the woman that was writing the article is a believer. And I really believe that God has given us favour there. And uh, NW5 also runs from the same office as the Hammond High, which is another local newspaper. And um, she's going to really try and push for a piece there. Um, so, yeah, we'd really appreciate your prayers for that. Um, because, you know, we really want this um, festival to be a success. And um, I'm sure it will be, regardless of the press, but if we got it, it would be great. Um, and then this weekend, next weekend, um, the Sockwoods are uh, running some promotional outreach on Kentish Town High Street. Um, they're going to be doing random acts of kindness, um, handing out... I spoke to Gemma today and she's ordered 100 helium balloons, um, cookies, like cakes, and um, Vanessa has knitted loads of um, hearts. Um, like the general kind of feel is just to be out loving the community, telling them about what we're going to be doing. Um, so if you're around at the weekend and you want to be involved in that, I'm sure they'd love to have you. Um, and if, again, social media, if, if you are going to help get tweeting, Instagram, like anything, we um, really want to get hashtag Fleet Festival trending, um, especially over the weekend itself. So um, anything, like if you can get on board with that, it would be awesome. Thanks very much. All right, I'm going to just run through the events in a second, but I asked Beth to uh, speak for just a minute or so on, <laughs> um, on how we are making this a, a safe and fun event. So over to Beth. <laughs> Selling safeguarding. So, hi, if you don't know me, I'm Beth, and I'm your friendly neighbourhood safeguarding officer. Whoop. Um, Fleet Festival is totally exciting, diverse, set on loads of different sites with different levels of security and different types of people coming in, which is totally exciting and really, really important that we just uh, consider what we're doing. So I've been working with Simon and some of the guys to think about how we make sure it's really safe both for the kids and vulnerable adults that come along to what we're putting on. Um, for you guys, what that means really is just having your eyes open, listening to the Holy Spirit and just being really prudent. So if there are people that come in and you just feel a check in your spirit or you recognise that someone's kind of seeming unsure or, you know, maybe uh, a lone parent comes in and there's, she's got like three kids and, you know, and, you know, no nerves left. Just being really considerate and, you know, spending time with them, using your common sense, 
Uh, it's not rocket science, but it is really important that we think about um, taking care of the kids. And if you know, we, I don't know if there are kids running around uh, in the back of a venue being all unsafe, just feeling free to either go and look out for their parent or carer, or just nipping back out and encourage them to come back into the fold, doing like like you would do for the for the rev kids, really, um, and just kind of owning that. Um, so just asking you guys to just to treat those kids as you treat our kids at church, and just bearing them in mind. And if you do see vulnerable adults, people with disability, with a learning difficulty, people that look isolated. Just really uh, taking care to include them and bring them in. Um, sounds obvious, but it's amazing how easily that stuff slips through. If you do have any concerns on the day in terms of kids that all vulnerable adults where you think, actually, I'm concerned about them uh, from like a safety or welfare point of view, either because you think the kids might be potentially subject to some form of abuse or just that, you know, maybe uh, just, just something that you're not sure about. Um, I'm going to be around in St. Luke's all day on the day. Um, and most of you guys have got my phone number, but if not, you can just uh, email Beth at Revelation Church and I'll happily pass it on. Um, and uh, there'll be kind of phones with, with uh, important numbers plugged in. So you've got any concerns or there's any incidents, problems on the day, I'm going to be available uh, over the whole weekend and you can just give me a call. Um, and there'll be people prepped and ready to kind of come and help you out in any kind of situations if you're not sure what to do. Um, if there is, of course, some kind of serious incident or you really are concerned, call the police. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to come out and break up any fights nor Am I going to rip a kid out of my parents' arms? That's definitely the police's job. <laughs> Give me a ring afterwards and let me know what's gone on. Um, you guys are so well equipped. Um, but, yeah, I just really ask you to own it as we kind of... We open our doors out to the most vulnerable people in Kentish Town. We want to make sure that actually we're just... We're aware of that and being responsible in that. Um, and you guys are already great and working really hard at that. So I have no concerns about that whatsoever. So, Beth at Revelation Church, got any concerns or questions? Otherwise, I'll see... Well, I won't see you on the day, but I'll, uh, I'll hear hear about you on the day from St. Luke's. <laughs> all right, so I'm just going to quickly run through the details. We'll have all the brochures printed Friday, so I'll bring some along Sunday if you can't read all of this. Uh, but the weekend itself is going from the Friday to the Sunday, the 17th to the 19th of May. Friday night at Chalk Farm Baptist Church, we have um, a prayer meeting which replaces our usual Ignite night from 8pm through to midnight. We've invited the other four churches to come and join us. We'd love you to be there. If you've not been to one of those Ignite nights before, then Foxy and his team just put so much effort into it. And uh, the time really flies and it's just it's brilliant. It really is. Um, so please, please come along to that. Uh, then on the Saturday itself, we are meeting um, at a Catholic church which is just north of Ch- uh, Kentish Town Station who've loaned us their church hall for the day where we're going to be meeting in the morning and then we're also running our food bank meal there where we're expecting uh, 50 people we're catering for so we really need help uh, to be able to look after them but uh, the day itself I'll run through in a second which is going all throughout Kentish Town um, which is the day and the evening and then on the Sunday we're going to be here in this church in the morning they've uh, provided their building for the entire day we're having a joint uh, family focused Pentecost service from 10.30 till 12 and then outside St Luke's are putting on bouncy castle face painting barbecue cakes food craft all sorts of stuff for the community that we want to invite people to throughout the day on the Saturday and then uh, Sunday evening back here for an evening service again we're inviting um, the other churches and people that we've met over the weekend to come and join us there so it's a really packed weekend so please make sure you've got your diaries clear Um, now up until now we've not gone through all the details of the day so I'm quickly going to run through that so I tell you what we've been working tirelessly I think we've got 20 different uh, workshops going on over the day so I'll just in case you can't read it I'll just run them through so 
Um, Tom Avery is going to be doing a book reading and a creative writing workshop for kids at the Owl Bookshop in the morning. Uh, Vanessa is doing a kids uh, knitting workshop at Flapjacks Cafe. Um, Michael Dryden is doing a life drawing with dancers at the Free Space Gallery. Uh, we have Thule doing free family photo shoots at Kentish Town Library. Uh, at the same time, Chloe Avery is running kids' craft workshops at Kentish Town Library. We have uh, screen printing where you can customise t-shirts and bags going on at the Grafton Pub. Next screen, please. Where we also have uh, Laquena, who's going to be doing a giant mural, uh, mural uh, where we're inviting people from the community to come and contribute at the Grafton. We are running music lessons at Kentish Town Community Centre, uh, guitar lessons, drumming lessons, and DJing. Uh, Vanessa is then doing an all-ages knitting tea party at Flapjacks later on in the afternoon. We have... Then at uh, Expressions Dance Studio, Zumba, Ballet, and Breakdance. That's the daytime. <laughs> and then the evening, we have three different events. One at the Assembly House. We've got uh, Underground Soul DJ and Live Night. Uh, with, with Adam is heading that up. Um, at the Abbey Tavern, Andy's organised some bands to be playing some live music, um, which is really exciting. Um, he's actually going to be playing some of the um, worship music that he's written and plays with his bands, which is even more exciting. Um, so please come along to that. And then also at the Map Cafe, which is on Grafton Road, uh, we're going to be having a screening of the documentary that Joel and Matt Tuno have put together, The Father's Heart, and uh, Ruth is going to be doing some uh, spoken word. And then on Sunday, as I just ran through, we've got the three different events here. So lots and lots and lots going on. Um, however, to make this all happen, we definitely need some help. Now, you might have noticed the last two Sundays I've been asking for volunteers. So far, I've had about nine people respond, um, which isn't very good. And it, it means that we actually can't put this on, even though we've got all the bookings. So on your seats, there was probably a bit of paper that when you sat down, you took off and put on the floor. Now, <laughs> what it was, was a little form saying, please, could you volunteer for one of these events? Um, all we're asking for is maybe an hour or something on the day where you can help host people as they come to these events. We've got people running all the different workshops, but we need lots of people there to be able to welcome people from the public and direct them a little bit. We want people out the street giving out balloons, pointing people to the uh, events. We need people to cook. We want to be able to have free biscuits and cakes at all the events. We want people praying throughout the day as well. We're having some praying in the, in the venue. We're having other people going out and doing kind of more outreach and treasure hunting. Um, and we need lots of people to help at Food Bank. We've got CAP Food Bank uh, clients coming. As I say, we're expecting 50 people, which is a lot of people to cook for, and we really want to do it nicely. I don't want, these guys are used to coming along to a kitchen where they have to, you know, kind of serve themselves in some quite sloppy food, you know, not, not to um, dismiss anything that's provided, but what we really want to do is to have them all sitting down, a lovely table that's all laid, you know, with more celebration atmosphere. We want to serve them all their food, um, at, you know, so that they feel really honoured and esteemed, and, um, you know, we just want to make it really nice. So it means to have 50 people, uh, we really need a lot of people just to serve and to help cook and to wash up. So if you can give an hour of your time on Saturday the 18th, if everyone here could give an hour, then we'd be sorted. Um, so I'd love if that could happen, please. And we're also um, a little bit short on our budget still. Um, now, it's not masses, but it, it means if every person here could give a couple of pounds or five quid, we'd, it would make a huge dent as well. We've been uh, you know, asking all the churches to contribute. We're putting every single event on for free, again, because we want to bless the community and we're, we're about two-thirds of the way there to be able to do this, but we uh, still need a bit more to be able to put this all on. So please, if you can uh, give some time, I want to collect these forms back at the end of today because we need to get these teams organised.
Yeah, so if you can write it down right now. <laughs> yeah, there's pens on your seats as well. So um, just over two weeks' time, please, uh, I'll bring some flyers along to church um, so you can take them and tell your friends all about it, get people along. Uh, just to echo as well, this, these, the next two Saturdays, the Stockwoods are going out doing this random acts of kindness. It would be great to get a couple of teams doing that. Prima, did you have a question? So you can either um, put it in the special offering on Sunday and mark it, or you can um, just do it electronically and, again, just put a reference for Fleet Festival or special offering. Thank you. Dave? Um, Not really, no. I mean, in terms of the service, we're focusing it more to families in the morning. Um, some of the churches are having their own Sunday service, so we, we will be, have capacity here, and it's obviously quite a big place as well. So, yeah, come to both if you want to, for sure. Any other questions? Yes. So we are taking a lead on organising and running the events. They are all providing volunteers for it as well, yeah. And financially, they're all contributing. Okay, cool. Thank you. Right, okay. I know that you're all a bit tired. You've done really well tonight, really, really well. Um, can I just have the New Day team here, please? Right, we've got a great team here. If you see any of us on a Sunday, I really want you to grab us and ask us questions because we're going we're gonna to run through it really quickly and we won't be able to answer every question tonight because we're all tired. But what I do want you to do is please go to any of us on a Sunday. There's an opportunity to ask any question. But what you need to know about New Day, it's in Norfolk ground, Norfolk show, showground, and it's mainly for the young people. So if you guys want to come, you will be serving, all right? So if you book in at New Day, the idea is you're serving. However... Ooh, if you want to eat while you're at New Day. <laughs> um, so if you book in as a server for New Day, you don't get breakfast and you can eat New Day's food for a cost of £20 this year. However, if you're booked in under Revelation Church, you can pay um, £10 and get breakfast for the whole week and you can pay an extra £20 and get your lunch and evening meal as well. So £30 all in for the week on the Rev site. Um, obviously, special diets, etc. will be catered for. So we've got a fantastic marquee um, coming as well. So um, this year, hopefully, everyone will stay dry while they're eating. Um, <laughs> uh, we're trying to um, collect some... Uh, tents from various places so if you haven't got a tent don't let that be a barrier you know we're trying to provide for for anyone to come uh, with facilities and we've got a, a big van to put all your stuff in so don't worry about you can get the train up we'll pick you up from the station all those sort of things just if you want to serve the, the children of new frontiers churches and, and other churches and people that have never come to church before um, come along get on a team cleaning toilets you know being a, a you know <laughs> Um, working with young people, um, being a steward, loads of things to do. Just go there and serve you. It'll be great. And then eat with us, be family. It'll be great to be Revelation Church family up in the, Norfolk and have a great time. 
Okay, so who would love to see some teenagers added to our church? Yeah? That is good. I'm glad you're behind it. We would love to see some teenagers come to New Day who don't know Jesus, and um, we'd love them to go from New Day knowing Jesus. It's not about New Day. We want them to meet with Jesus, don't we? But New Day is a great opportunity, the way it's set up um, for them just to find out more about Jesus, see other teenagers enthused uh, about Jesus, um, and my experience has been I've seen lots of teenagers come to know the Lord through going to New Day. We are in the process of recruiting young people to go to New Day. Um, it's really exciting at the moment. We've got we've got one definite, and we've got one almost definite, and we've got one nearly definite, and we've got another kind of coming there. Um, so we, we, I'm praying I'm praying for four people to come, four teenagers to come to New Day. But the Bible tells me that God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. So think of a number bigger than four. Five. That's cool. But let's go. For, let's go for five. Let's go for six. Bigger than four is what I'm believing for. Um, and I would. I, I guess this is more of a, a request for you guys to be praying that young people commit to coming to New Day. So we've been building relationships with kids on Maiden Lane, on St Pank, um, through uh, Daisy's school friends, um, kids who live in the area. Um, we want to see them committing to coming, signing and saying I'm in. Um, it's a foreign concept to them, but we want them to come um, by whatever means because it will do them good. So please be praying for us. If you know any young people who might be interested, come and talk to me. Let's believe God for more than four. Yeah? Cool. Cool. Um, I want to really encourage people to get involved. Um, I've partly grown up through New Day myself and it's incredible. Um, it's, It's you know, basically, for anyone that doesn't know what it is, it's a time of amazing teaching and co- like community for ki- for kids, for young people across this nation and others to come together, worship Jesus, receive amazing teaching, and um, just be blown away by the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Um, and so, to be able to be involved in that is a massive privilege in itself. But also, this year we want to make. Um, an extra effort as well to try and build community among those of us that go and serve which is why we want to do the food on site because there is as we said there is food provided but it's um, you know everyone's going at different times with their serving and they've got a queue and everything and we want to be able to eat together um, and you know for those people that feel like they might you know they'd love a holiday with loads of people from Rev it's not quite a holiday but it is loads of fun um, <laughs> I'm actually going for two weeks, so if you want to come for another week and set up, come join. Um, and so, yeah, Doug is going to be collecting the money for anyone that wants to um, say, like, yeah, we want to commit and come and be on site for the for the week, eating food together. And also, get booked in really soon, because the sooner you get booked in, then the bigger our site is as well, and it'll be even more fun. Yeah. Oh, I will, I'll, uh, if, if you do book in, just book in through Sally and then I'll come and hassle you at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tim. That was fabulous. But please, 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 if you're looking to serve at New Day, get booked in early because the sooner we get booked in, the bigger the site we have and the bigger the party. <laughs> All right.
We are, um, we're coming into land now, you'll be glad to know. Um, just one quick one uh, on uh, the Rileys. I've sent out a couple of emails to groups of people and then I thought, I'll blow it. I'm going to just <laughs> tell all of you. Um, we're trying to get the Rileys over to the UK um, July and August, get the older girls to New Day, get Kevin and him away for a bit of a break. They're basically facing a mixture of bereavement and exhaustion and they just need a bit of time, a bit of R&R. Bit of &R. Um, if you want to get behind that in any way, contribute in any way, please just let me know. I'm just putting together a little a package of financial contributions to try to make that happen. Obviously, family of six just costs a lot of money. So if you just feel stirred in your heart, please come and speak to me. We can um, just bring that together. We're doing well. I think we're, we're, it's looking really good. Um, but I just, we just want to bless them. So if your heart is stirred as I speak about that, come and speak to me. Okay, final um, um, thing now, I think. Yeah. Um, Sundays will feel a little bit different from this Sunday onwards in the sense that uh, uh, the bands will be very, very stripped back uh, for the next few months. They'll, prob they'll probably, it will be something like a, a, a praise leader um, and, a, and a vocalist and a conga drum or something like that. Um, very different for us, different kind of feel. Uh, the Lord gave me a dream a few weeks back, which I won't go into detail of, but because um, it's too much detail, but it was one of those dreams you woke up and that was the Lord. Um, and it was just, it, it, I felt that it was a, just a gentle kind of, it, just a gentle um, nudge, a provocation from God that we really remember the centrality of what we're about and that we don't, we don't get caught up with good things, but things that aren't actually the heart of what we're about. And I guess that has an impact on lots of different areas of church life, but I felt one particularly vivid way that we corporately could express that would just be by simplifying things on a, on a Sunday and making sure that we are just absolutely focusing on Christ. The, the, the headlines of the dream was that it was a wedding, um, and the, the big deal of a wedding is the bride and groom coming together. And anything but that was happening in the dream. All kinds of random and side-splittingly funny and tragic things were happening at the same time. And I don't feel for a moment that's an assessment of what we are as a church. But I felt through it, the Lord was just saying, hey, let's get, let, make sure that you are absolutely focused on what this is about. And when we come together to worship and praise the Lord, it's, 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 it's the beloved and the lover. And I just felt, actually, it'd be just great for us to strip things back, go very, very simple over these next few months and just really focus in on that. And so that will be, uh, be how things will be for the next couple of Sundays. And so I just want to end with a couple of songs. So, so Andy, we've got a guitar. Andy, can you just come up? We just, I want us to just love Jesus with a couple of songs, then we're done. Is that okay? Um, just it's so there's so much going on there's so much isn't there you know you're thinking oh man alive what do I do on Saturday the 4th go to Finchley Road to help with the food bank or go and help Jen, Jen with her helium balloons on Kentish Town Road there's, there's so many things you can do and you can feel torn in 101 directions it's about the Lord Jesus yeah it's the Father's will that he is preeminent in all things and when he's in that place and we're orbiting around him there's grace to do stuff yeah when we lose that suddenly it becomes a lot of hard work it's, we should stand and just honour the Lord with a couple of, couple of just Jesus-centred songs. Just bless him, tell him that we love him as a church, and then we'll, then we'll go home.